0: want to showcase our history. We want to show how things are developing in real time, acknowledge our past, but looking towards the future to make things better and more accessible for the women that are coming after us. Welcome to the Women on the Move
1: podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. Joining me today is Chelsea Woody, Danielle Black Lions, and Martina Duran, the founders of Textured Waves, a women's surf collective promoting integrity, inclusion, and diversity in the water. They share with us their journey to surfing and how they've built an organization to welcome black women into the sport. It is amazing to see the representation they're creating across the surfing industry and how they're elevating the sport for others. Martina, Chelsea, and Danielle, welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. It is so great to have you on the program. Thank you. I'm
2: glad to be here.
1: Let's start with your backgrounds. Each of you have different backgrounds and different careers that you're pursuing in addition to textured waves. So would love to understand how you each got involved in surfing and what about surfing was so attractive to you. So Chelsea, let's start with you.
3: Yeah, I started surfing seven years ago when me and my husband took a trip around the world. We quit our jobs to travel. We were working in Seattle, 12-hour shift, and we were just ready for a change. And so on our trip, we went to 17 countries, and one of those places was Indonesia, and that's how we learned to surf We just caught the bug and couldn't live without it after. So when we came back to the States, we uprooted our lives and moved to California to try to surf every day. So I still work as a nurse, but I live by the ocean and try to incorporate that in my life every day. It's given me a different perspective on the world, for sure. You know, the ocean is challenging and comes at you in different waves and uh, you have to read the waves. And so I feel like anything that comes my way, I'm better equipped after
1: being exposed to the ocean. Danielle, I would love to hear the story from you.
0: Well, I grew up in the Bay Area and came from a family of swimmers, was always kind of in the water with my brother and my mom and my dad. And I guess surfing was something that I was always curious about, but, you know, never really got my hands on a board until college when I went to Hawaii with a friend for Christmas time and her sister let me try her longboard out. She just was kind of like, here, have a go. And I was like, yes, I've been waiting my whole life for this. And I caught my first waves and a sea turtle was underneath me. And it was just so incredible, amazing and life changing for me. Just gliding along those waves with that turtle and feeling like that sport was like a missing piece of my life. I immediately fell in love with surfing and the culture and the idyllic lifestyle of you know traveling the world and searching for waves. So while I was in school, I studied abroad and I went to Costa Rica and started surfing more there. Was in Oregon at the time and the Pacific Northwest and you know did lots of cold water surfs, but really have always been trying to get to like a warmer destination. And it took me a very long time to get here. Lived in Portland for a couple of years, my husband and I, and then ended up in London, which also not warm, and then finally (laughs) I came to San Diego in 2015 in search of a warm water, warm weather lifestyle change. It's totally changed my entire life you know, switched my career around to focus my time around the tides and be able to surf every day. And, you know, it was very healing for me after the birth of my son, which was very traumatic for me and just difficult and the recovery afterwards, just being able to take my baby in the water. And then now he's not a baby anymore. He's 11 and he's surfing with me has been Mm -hmm. a beautiful full circle journey. And I'm super grateful through and through, it's
1: amazing that you really went in search of this, changed so much, and incorporated it now with your son. That's amazing. Martina, let's hear from you.
2: Yeah. So I was born and raised in the state of Florida, which lots of water. And growing up, I was born in Miami, and my parents got me involved in a water safety swimming program that involved the ocean. So Just like to mention that because I credit that with my foundation, with the approach I have to the ocean. I've always been able to approach the ocean with a concept of play and curiosity versus a place of fear. And I credit that exposure at an early age in that program, which was a swimming and ocean safety program for young children. I actually did not get into surfing until much later into life when I was in college I was doing a study abroad program in Costa Rica, and I took my first lesson there. Similar to both Chelsea and Danielle, that first wave was kind of the hook for me. Surfing for me is just such an amazing balance to my work life. My work life is very much data tied. I work in oncology data, which is not the most hopeful of subjects sometimes. (laughs) So to be in the ocean is just such a beautiful and
1: grounding experience. That's incredible. You've each spoken about finding surfing, but also what the ocean means to you. Any of you anticipate that kind of response to your feelings toward the ocean, you know, that emotional deep connection to it, or for each of you, is that something new? And once you got into surfing, you realized that that was so important to you?
0: I think that connection was kind of transferred from my mother in the womb to me, you know, like I feel like I've always felt a soulful connection to the water. And it's always been a happy place for me. I have so many childhood memories of being at the beach and being at the river and being on swim team. I swam competitively for years. It's not surprising to me that I do feel the way that I do about the water and my connection to the ocean. It just is always invigorating and very empowering when I'm in the water. I just, I feel at home, I guess is the best way I can put it. Chelsea, anything to add on that?
3: Yeah, unlike Danielle and Martina, I didn't really grow up, you know, swimming in the ocean or playing in the ocean. I did have a fear of it. And I did not anticipate the ocean being connected to the waves, opening up this new world for me. It was surprising. And, you know, it's continued to allow me to blossom creatively. And I I just feel like. Adds so much energy to my life. It sounds so silly, like it's a religion or something. (laughs) I don't think I ever knew this joy. And did it understand that having a connection with nature in this intense way would be so life changing? It was definitely a surprise to me.
1: (laughs) So I'd love to hear about how the three of you met because I think it was through surfing and finding each other through social media. Who can tell us the story of that, of all of you coming together?
0: Yeah, we all met each other online, you know, just searching for our likeness, I think, in the realm of social media. And it's hard to find other women of color in the water here in Southern California. It's a lot of blonde-haired, blue-eyed folks around me, and usually I'm the only one who looks like me. You know, that's still the case today. So I think we were all looking for camaraderie and sisterhood, and we found it in each other and on Instagram. <laughs> We did eventually meet up in person and after forming a friendship, after having lots of conversations on the phone, making sure nobody was a psycho. (laughs) You never know. Everybody passed the vibe check and we all met up in San Diego. I think immediately there was a a love connection and mutual respect for each other and appreciation for everyone's surfing. It just felt natural. Nothing has ever been forced about our collective. I think we have always flowed with each other. We all have our strengths and weaknesses and we pick up where the other person is shortened or maybe doesn't have a strength. So it's been very natural and organic, I think, just from the beginning.
1: That's amazing. So Textured Waves is a collective. You promote inclusion, integrity, diversity in the sport of surfing. How did you all come together and think about creating this, this community? Since you all have day jobs, you have other things that you still do. Where was the idea born of you trying to come together to do something else together? Martina, is that something you can unpack for us?
2: You know, touching back on what Danielle mentioned about that need for community, I think that's like a human innate need is community understanding and relation, right? Surfing is a solo sport mostly, but there are some, you know, hurdles to get through with surfing. And I think some of those hurdles are unique when you are a woman of color And addressing those hurdles when there's no resources, the current industry is represented by other demographics, becomes an extra challenge. And so I think that is why we set out to really form a community to help address those hurdles that, you know, our community uniquely faces and make that information a little bit more accessible to our community And just all the wealth of information I've received from Chelsea and Danielle, and that's two people in this community, I just think about (laughs) how we can make this global, right, and amplify this with women of color across the globe. So it's a really interesting need that you're
1: pointing there toward not only bringing more inclusivity to the sport, but finding each other and connecting on something in a really deep way. It must also be true for other people who haven't yet found that community. So that's really just so exciting to hear. Why do you believe there is that broader need for it? Chelsea, I'm wondering, when you look at that community, considering what you did to find a town you could move to to really do this all the time, what led you to believe that there were others like you? We all felt like we can't be the only ones out here.
3: And I think that was the drive to find other women that looked like us that had similar experiences, similar shared experiences, and then form a community so others wouldn't have to navigate the space with such difficulty. So we wanted to make it easier for the next generation and women our age as well. Like, it's not too late You haven't reached your peak. You're still welcome in this space. And there's a way to get there. And there's a way to navigate this space that hasn't really catered to women that look like us. So I think that was part of our drive to create community is just wanting to share our experiences and educate the next generation and our peers so it would feel more accessible I think we all had to figure it out on our own, You know, figure out how to do our hair, figure out what wetsuits fit our bodies and what sunscreen to wear. These are things that haven't been
1: marketed towards women of color and Black women. I'm sure that's such a great resource for everyone who's finding you. We'd love to understand what the initial goals were for the community and have those goals changed over time? Have you seen more of a response than you thought you would get? Or are there just new questions and new members coming in that are changing the direction? Martina, what do you think about that? Can you tell us about that story, how it unfolded and if there's changes now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think initially when we started Texture Waves, our biggest goal was to start forming that community and getting our message out to other women of color, women of color who already exist in this space, and also a woman of color who might be interested in redefining what a woman of color is since I think society has a very narrow view of what a Black woman could be. And so we wanted to inspire other women to join this community and then to bring together the women who were already in this community that, I think, was our biggest goal as it continues to be a goal today. As we continue on through this and we evolve, I think that we're evolving more into a place where we can kind of keep history and keep track of this movement for future generations to reference. Another thing that we always like to say is that hopefully in five years There isn't a need for textured waves, right? Because we are normalized in this space and we aren't othered. Our experiences aren't super unique, right? Because we are a normal presence in the surfing world. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in five years, but I'm excited to go on to this journey. I think the next generation coming up is really reshaping what surfing is. And it's so exciting to see these younger women coming into this space, not just as surfers, but women being hired onto these brands and marketing boards, you know, to help shape what surfing looks like. So yeah, I'm really excited for
1: the future. That is really interesting. You're describing the whole ecosystem, not just about surfing and being on the water, maybe making products or working with brands and doing things really across the whole ecosystem, which I think is super interesting. I'm wondering when you started this and really since you've been out there, has the rest of the surfing community embraced you? Have you felt like community at large is interested in inclusion or do you really have to fight your way in there?
2: I do think for the most part, the community has been receptive with what we were doing and the whole Black Lives Matter movement coming up. I think what happened was a lot of people did some self-reflection of what it means to hold privilege in spaces and maybe how their privilege might unintentionally or intentionally have caused someone to be excluded. And I think with that heightened awareness, I think people across the country, I think it has allowed for the surf industry to be much more receptive to our messaging. Of course, you're always going to get, you know, the trolls and the naysayers. I always like to think that our message, number one, is for Black women. That's who we're speaking to, because the ocean doesn't belong to anyone. Really, what we're doing is we're laying out the welcome mat for other Black women to come in. And that's, first and foremost, always who we speak to. And if other people want to support us, great. Lay out the mat with us. We'd love the help, you know. And so that's really what we try to focus on. would love your thoughts on that,
0: Danielle, too. We have set out with the goal to showcase black and brown talent and women ripping and we want to inspire other women to join this community and again like black women are at the forefront of our minds when we post every day, that is who we are trying to get out into the water because we are at such a disadvantage and we have so much catching up to do. Just historically speaking, like we have generations to repair <laughs> because of our history with the water and swimming and just the lack there of it. There are families who are, you know, trying to get their children into the ocean now safely because they weren't allowed to be in those spaces during Jim Crow laws. So it's a lot to go back and fix. And it's going to take time and another generation or two probably to get this thing right. So that's really what Textured Waves is for, is we want to showcase our history. We want to show how things are developing in real time, acknowledge our past, but looking towards the future to make things better and more accessible for the women that are coming after us.
1: I'd love if one of you wanted to talk more about the historical significance of the ocean to the Black community or issues that the Black community has had. To your point with swimming with being welcome on the water what else
2: drives this community and your vision for it in terms of african americans history with aquatic spaces And feeling welcome. I always say, when my grandmother was a child, she would have been arrested for going on certain beaches, right? That wasn't that long ago, where we were excluded from spaces. And I think that history is unique to mainland America. And I try to remind people when we have this conversation, because oftentimes they direct will look at the Brazilians and look at the women in the Caribbean and why aren't you guys making the same strides? And like, well, our history is very unique. The history of the United States is very unique to the rest of the world. We had codified racism. <laughs> you know, Black people were excluded from aquatic spaces. And that has bled into the generations of today. We still see those effects with things like home ownership near the ocean, because there's a lot of financial blocks towards that to live in communities that are close to the ocean. And African Americans have been historically disadvantaged from financial progress. We can do a whole podcast on the history, but it's a very multifaceted issue. And it is something very unique, I think, to American history, the history of the United States of America. And like Danielle mentioned, it's not something that's going to go away overnight. It didn't take overnight for us to get here. It's going to take some time for us to rewrite those wrongs that have happened and come out above the oppression that has been put on certain communities.
1: Kelsey, would love to hear your thoughts on this and what it represents to you.
3: I guess I want to acknowledge that this is actually in our blood, right? Before we were here in the States, we came over from Africa. We are water people, you know, coastal water people, <laughs> and that has been lost through what Martina was talking about the fact that the states were really good at segregation, we were really good at disenfranchising folks and keeping folks out of these recreational spaces. I think we want to show that we have always been connected to the ocean as Black folks, that it just got lost. And there's the stereotype that we aren't water people, and that's not true. (laughs) There's no reason to believe that any of us humans are not water people. And so we're trying to break down those stereotypes that ingrained racism that our country was so good at and other Western civilizations are are really good at.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that and educating us on that. When you hear from the community, whether it's back on social or when you're seeing them in person, tell us what that response means to you. So Danielle, I'd love to hear from you has there been a story or someone who's been inspired by your work that really moves you and that makes you feel satisfied with everything you've created?
0: Since we first started this movement, we received messages from women and girls about, you know, what it means to them to see their likeness on our Instagram feed and, you know, how beautiful the storytelling is for them to just have that visual reference and how they appreciate our films just from like, you know, not knowing that black women even surfed until they saw something on textured waves. It has made a global impact because, you know, we're hearing these messages from all over the world. It's a big boost to let us know that we're moving in the right direction when we hear from these women, letting us know that that this has impacted their life in a positive way or that they're getting their first surfboard or going for their first lesson or, you know, whatever their progress may be, like learning how to swim. We get tons of messages about that. Like, I want to surf, but I don't know how to swim yet. And we We're like, our hearts break because, you know, that's the basis of it. You have to know how to swim. We can't send people out into the ocean without those skills. And so many people in our community do not have simple, like, basic swimming skills under their belt. And it's heartbreaking. Just the mini messages that we receive and those face-to-face encounters of people knowing who we are and what we do and how much it means to them. And just being able to see someone who looks like them doing something that they can aspire to or that they're out there doing themselves. It's amazing for us. And it brings me a ton of joy, (laughs) personally. I mean, it sounds like this is not only about surfing, it's about swimming as
1: well. It's about anything around the water and getting more people in the water, feeling comfortable and owning that. And I think that is just so powerful. So again, really admire so much of what you built with this community. I'd love to hear from you. So Martina, let's start with you. What are you most proud of when it comes to textured waves and what you've built?
2: I think the thing I'm most proud of is just when I see a black woman or a black girl enter the ocean into the first time and attempt surfing for the first time because they saw something on our page, right? That's what makes me most proud. Because that's why I feel like we're in this, right? If texture waves existed when I was a little girl, like how different my life might have looked. Hearing those messages from mothers or young women saying, hey, I saw something on your page. I never, never thought that a Black woman surfed. I didn't think that was for us. I tried it and I loved it. And where have you guys been our whole lives? And yeah, I think that's what I'm most proud of.
1: When you try to tell the story to really motivate your audience out there, what elements are you looking for when it comes to a good social post or some other form of storytelling? Chelsea, can I throw that one to you?
3: Yeah, I think for us, storytelling is a huge thing. We always want something to come from our perspective and our community's perspective. So we really try to insert Experience and our personal experience or what we wish we had seen into our films or our photography. So we really try to be creative in that way. For example, the film we made, See Us Now, we hadn't seen Black women portrayed as surfers in the height of surfing, which was like, you know, the 50s and 60s when surfing was just really taking off. And so we decided to create this film to reimagine that era and place ourselves in that type of scenery, you know, those iconic suits and boards. There's, there's something very nostalgic that the surf community holds about that history, and we're just non-existent in it. And so when we create these stories, we want to create things that we've not seen and to help people to imagine a different future for themselves and
1: pick up where we've left off. So Textured Waves has some really interesting partnerships with companies and brands, including Chase and our partner Marriott. We have a Marriott Bonvoy boundless credit card. And we are partnering with Textured Waves to help all of our brands really tell our stories. So Martina, tell us about that partnership. How did that evolve? And what were you hoping to get from that?
2: I believe Chase reached out to us it was probably almost a year ago. started off as a way to, you know, obviously this was a partnership between us and the Chase Marriott Bonvoy Boundless credit card. We were in the midst of a pandemic and travel was just restarting. Us as surfers were, you know, itching to get back into a travel space. And obviously this card is very great for women who want to travel. So we initially discussed a campaign around that, and then it evolved into the storytelling of you know the story of black women in surfing. One thing I love to credit Chase Marriott with is their passion for getting our story out there into the world, to inspire other women, to inspire other women to travel, to inspire other women to surf, and to use our imaging in a way that kind of amplifies our message, right, to other black women. And it's evolved into this beautiful partnership. We were able to host a retreat for the first time last year. And that was thanks to the Marriott Bonvoy-Balmas credit card. We were able to hold that in Waikiki. And it was a great opportunity to promote travel, to promote surfing to our community. And we even had some scholarships for women who were in a little bit more financial need so that they could experience travel because travel is so important to surfers. I mean,
1: it sounds like your community, by definition, can come together in some very beautiful places, As you're all seeking the water so being together in those places must be so special. Chelsea, I'd love to know what you're looking forward to in terms of any other projects for the community.
3: I am looking forward to our retreat that we're holding in the fall. It's going to be our second time doing this. And we feel like we learned a lot during the first one and we want to improve and just excited that we were able to make it happen and that we're doing it again and going to be able to bring Surfing to some new women and to share surfing and surf travel and how to travel when you surf and to educate on different types of breaks and bring them to Hawaii, one of the birthplaces of surfing, well, considered the birthplace of surfing as a sport. So I think that's really special and we're excited to come together.
1: And who comes to the retreats?
0: Are they experienced surfers or do you also have people who are interested in starting? We usually get a combination of the two, but it seems that our last retreat was catered more towards the beginner surfer. We had about three people that were advanced beginners, intermediates. We're able to accommodate both surfers our lessons that we partner with Ohana Surf Project, they kind of do an evaluation on the first day. And then once they know your skill level, they determine where you'll be in the lineup. And so the beginners kind of start out more on the inside section, catching the whitewash on bigger boards. The intermediates go out to the back more and are on epoxy boards usually, and they can usually catch their own waves on their own. We have something for everybody. I think it's really a spectacular place to immerse yourself in surf culture in Hawaii, the birthplace of surfing. And to be in warm water is really special and it makes it so much easier not having to put on a wetsuit and be cold. It, it's just a lot more of an inviting experience and sets a good tone for folks, regardless of where they're from. It will always you know, give you a sweet memory of what surfing is like.
1: And Danielle, I would love for you to tell our listeners, especially black women and girls, how can they get started in surfing if they've
0: never done it before, but would love to learn? Well, first, I always suggest that you got your swimming skills down. Um, make sure you can keep your head above water, know the emergency float and um, how to save yourself if you need to. And then I would say get a lesson from an experienced professional coach that is licensed to teach really no better way, in my opinion. I definitely did not do it that way. It takes a lot longer to learn to be a good surfer if you're just mucking about by yourself. So if you can set yourself up with a coach, there's lots of great resources out there. We actually have a resource page on our website that connects people by state with different organizations that offer free coaching and lessons a lot of the times, or at least a surf shop that is in your area so that you can find a coach you know, see if you even like it before you invest in the equipment, because it, it is not a cheap sport, unfortunately, and it's not accessible to everyone, which those barriers to entry make it really hard.
1: I love the list of resources on your webpage. I think that was so helpful and also really feels very locally focused to me around other local businesses. So that's really nice. And Martina, can you tell us how did Textured Waves get its name? Who came up with that? And what were you trying to represent?
2: We wanted a name to speak not just to surfing, but also to our culture. And I think with African-American women, we always, at least I grew up, and I know Chelsea and Danielle have grown up with this kind of sacred relationship to our hair. And so textured waves is a bit of a play on words. So our hair has texture and our hair has waves and the ocean also has texture and waves. That texture and waves looks different depending on where you're at in the ocean, depending on the day and things like that. And I think that's very similar to our own hair. And no matter how different the texture is no matter how the waves look the ocean is always inviting the ocean is always beautiful the ocean is always this aspirational thing and so we wanted to take that positivity that we frame the ocean with and frame african-american hair because also growing up it was a journey for me especially to learn to love my hair and being in the ocean i tie that with that journey of love and self-acceptance with my own hair, my natural texture, because when I'm in the ocean, my hair returns to its natural texture, you know, and I have to accept myself for who I am, which is a beautiful African-American woman. That
1: is very inspiring. Thank you so much, Martina, Chelsea, and Danielle. It is so nice to talk with each of you, to hear your stories. They really inspire me. I just love the evolution of how you each came to the sport, what it means to you, and what you really hope to represent and do for other Black women. Thank you. We will all be watching for how Textured Waves and the whole community really evolves from here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Chelsea, Danielle, and Martina from Textured Waves. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share their story and talk about what the ocean means to them and why it's so important to encourage more Black women and girls to connect with the water. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. Learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast. Please visit jpmorganchase.com/wotm for JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move. I'm Sam Saperstein. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A. Member FDIC.